to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 121, and we'll be talking mostly about a race Stuart hasn't even done yet. But we've got some good suggestions on food for ultras and the welcome return as well of bullshit marketing. Amy, trail running is getting muddy again now, isn't ugh, it? Ugh, ugh. Bane of, you know, oh, bane of my Get life. a bit annoying. I hate it. Anyone that's run on trails with me or run with me full stop knows that I am pathetic. I'm pathetic in general, but particularly pathetic on mud. I, I don't like slipping over. I don't like falling over. You know, I'm at the age so where I don't like it. falling over. I, I hate it. I hate... Nobody likes falling over, but I really hate falling over. So any slight bit of mud that looks like it may be a bit slippery, I am pussyfooting around like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it is getting tough i just went for a run with william and we like started off on tarmac and like i'm being pulled by him and we're running on tarmac it's all fine and then we get to a bit all right let him off lead off you go fucking out it's like i weigh three times as much mm. all of a sudden i'm on the trails i'm sliding around i've just got to pull myself along it's just like such a difference between getting pulled on tarmac and just being left to fend for yourself on mud yeah really and it's just wet and slippery this time of year yes yeah, not even cold yet no, no, exactly. When it's nice and cold, that's nice. When it gets it frozen, freezes over. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice. lovely. Yeah, but I have to. If I some of the trails around me are, are really, you know, that really slippery mud, like really, really slippery mud. I don't know what the consistency of it is. Like, what is it's made up of? Maybe there's a bit of clay or something in there that adds to it. But on those trails, I just have to risk Pippin running off. Like, long-term listeners will know that Pippin is a flight risk in woods, and she will oh, just yeah. disappear and never to be seen again. But if it's a risk between Pippin disappearing and never being seen again and me falling over in the mud, I just I, I have to let Pippin off the lead. She's too much too much of a risk of pulling me over. I just let her go, hope for the best. And she's tiny as well, so yeah, you, you are you are a very you're a delicate flower, though. <laughs> to, okay, to be fair, she is tiny, but she is hench. She pulls so much. True, she is yeah. she is hench as. And I don't mean pulling me for Candy Cross. I mean just in general, she's absolutely mad. So she is quite hench. To be fair to her, she's a little beef dog. Yeah. <laughs> Let's catch up to the last episode in the uh, enigmatically named Tzu just CZCZ. Don't know who that Sh-sh-sh. is. Um, they're on Facebook. Um, they pointed out that the previous title, which was Throwing Up All Over Yourself is Bullshit, is a bit similar to episode 101, Throwing Up is Bullshit. Yeah, but perhaps perhaps we should check these things every now and then. Ugh, Sometimes I do. Time for that. But <laughs> oh, apparently I did also, not. Also, we've been doing this for five years. There is only so much we can talk about with running. You would like, think there, so. There is only so much. We will start to repeat things, I'm afraid. And at some point, the old listeners <laughs> uh, Amy, that, are just going to have to stop listening. <laughs> I think that horse has bolted a long time ago yep, for repeating yep. ourselves. We need, replen- we need replenishers. We need new listeners to come in that are like, oh, that that's a new and interesting topic. Talking about shitting yourself. Oh, what a, what a novel topic to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure we get a few of those. But um, absolutely love the guest last week. Really enjoyed Louise. And actually, as I said, I put on Twitter the other day, downloads a little bit down on that uh, episode for oh. some reason, which is a real shame. So I do kind of want to ask again. I mean, we always want people to share it, but do please share it in your groups and things and let people know about the podcast, especially that last episode, because that interview with Louise mm. was so, so good. We really, really yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. Really interesting lady to talk to. Really nice sense of humour as well, which is always always great when you're going through what must be a really horrific time to sort of have a bit of a sense of humour about it as well was, was great, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Please do that. Uh, let's have a tea update. Ooh. We are partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, and that means we'll tell you if we're drinking tea. And if you like the sound of that tea, you can go and buy that tea. If you go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea... You can click on links, you can buy tea. And also, don't forget, if you're a new customer, enter the code at the checkout. Tea is not BS. You will get free tea. Free chocolate digestive tea. I've said tea many times. Amy, what have you got? I have. So I've been doing the um, the Halloween advent calendar. As I said last, last time, I just sort of, I've been opening it randomly, but I, I had it done by Halloween. I think I had two boxes to do on Halloween. Um, and I'm having the fu- the Halloween calendar, advent calendar, or we call it an advent calendar, whatever it is. Yeah, sure. It uh, was absolutely fantastic. Loved it. Absolutely loved the variety of things in there. And the final box, spoiler alert, if you're really behind, um, is a whole like tea caddy of spiced pumpkin pie tea. Oh. Like a whole caddy. That's the good shit as well, isn't like, it? Fantastic! I was shocked. Yeah, I thought I thought um, the calendar was actually really good value for money in that sense. There was like matcha in there, and then a whole thing of 
uh, spiced pumpkin pie, which is fantastic. So yeah, I'm having some of that. It's like a black tea with um, the spices and, and pumpkin flavour in it, which is lovely. So that's very nice, very wintry. Um, yeah, it's a very nice tea. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've been doing the same and I very much enjoyed my bonfire toffee tea. Very seasonal. You know, we love bonfire toffee tea. We bang on about it all the time. But don't forget there is the Christmas advent calendars and the other Christmas tea stuff now available on the Burden Blend website. So please go to our website first. Go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Click on those links. That'll take you straight to the tea advent calendars and the other tea stuff. Yeah, you know, Amy said they are a great value for money. They're a little bit, you know, more expensive than usual advent calendar. If you're buying like a four quid chocolate one from the supermarket, it's not that. Uh, they are, the Christmas advent ones are £38, but you get a lot of tea in that. And it, it's, a, it's a luxury. It's a present. It's a great, if you like my family, you like their advent calendars, it's a great gift to buy someone. Uh, it's just like a little bit something special, a little bit something nice. And if you're new to teas like these sorts of teas um, it can be a good way to get an idea of the flavors you like too like I really like that last year and you get two bags yeah. as well in each in each window I'm assuming that it was yeah. like that last year I'm assuming it's the same um, but yeah I was sort of saving the little boxes they came in for the ones I really liked so I'd know which ones to order Smart. so it's a really nice way to try the different yeah. teas and you too. get an option you can get a regular one you can get a caffeine free one if that's your thing or if you're a matcha wanker you can get a whole advent calendar of matcha tea Oh, that, that's the one I want. I love, love, love matcha. That is mm. your kind of thing. Amy, what have you been up to? Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been going out. I've been going out for some runs. Um, I mentioned last, last time that I passed my driving test. So I've been going out and driving places, actually going to different places that aren't just on my doorstep, which has been nice. Um, I've been going to a, a forest that's near me um, quite frequently. It's like sort of a 15-minute drive away. Had a bit of a spooky encounter though, and seeing as this is just a few days after Halloween, I thought I'd tell you about my, my spooky encounter in the forest. Okay, if you could read this like a little bit slowly and I'll add some sound effects to make it extra okay. good. Okay. okay, so picture the scene. It's a wet, cold Saturday morning and you're running in the woods. It's 7am and you haven't seen another soul in the hour that you've been out. Not another soul on the trail at all, completely empty. Just you, the trees, and your shadows. So you're plodding along, minding your own business, and you reach the top of a hill, and you look down at the trail as it stretches forward, and you see two figures in the distance. Now these figures, they're roughly the same height, the same short, dark hair, and even wearing the same clothes. But what is most concerning is that they are running slowly in perfect unison towards you. Strides are matching each other as they get closer and closer. The running twins of Hensel Forest. Some say these sisters went out for a run one day, got lost in the three square mile of woodland and their souls roam the trails to this day. The scary story is you saw two people in the woods. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they weren't, okay, so they weren't actually twins either, but they did. These are two older ladies. And what a shit story. Like, <laughs> I've been on my own for like an hour. I haven't seen anyone. And then I get to stop and so I look down and there's these two older ladies like running in perfect unison, like strides matching each other. That's not a lie. I didn't, I didn't even sort of embezzle the truth there. They're, they're matching each other. And... They're wearing the same clothes. They're wearing like these blue, like waterproof jackets and these leggings, exactly the same. Same sort of short haircut. And I was like, they're twins. And it just freaked me out. That freaked me out. I hadn't seen anyone there see two twins running like in unison towards me in the middle of the forest. Something about that. I don't know whether that's prejudice against twins or something, but something about that scared me. It gave okay. me the heebie-jeebies. I wasn't a fan. Twins are a bit freaky and, you know, twins are a bit freaky, but when they're wearing the Obviously, same... Obviously, yeah. When they're wearing the same clothes, even freakier. When they're wearing the same clothes in the middle of yeah. a forest, running together, like synchronized, that's like really, really scary. Um, but yeah, I got closer and they weren't twins, but they did look very similar. They looked extremely similar. They were wearing the same clothes. They had the same haircut. And they were roughly the same height. They weren't twins, but it was freaky. freaky, freaky. Did they like run past and both say, good morning, at exactly no, the same time? I had to check that. So I went, um, I went morning and swamp and they were deep in conversation about something, probably speaking in fucking Latin or something, doing some sort of <laughs> <laughs> like probably summoning Classic something. twin stuff, you know. Yeah. Cool. 
<laughs> one did say good morning um but good yeah one. the funniest thing was i i posted about it <laughs> i posted about my instagram story and i was running with pippin so after I, after it happened i'm on the way back to the car i am talking about my instagram story and i panned the, i had it on myself and i panned the camera and said oh pippin's with me and when i watched it back Pip, like pippin was not in the shot it was just like yeah. the path and i thought i was look absolutely fucking mad like yeah i've just seen these twins oh and the dog's with me no dog there was <laughs> pippin was with me though i took another video so yeah pippin is with me but um but yeah it gave me the heebie-jeebies it was like a misty morning as well it had been raining and it was really misty and just two 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 ladies just gave me the creeps so yeah so now like so before you had a car you would just like go and do the same runs all the time and now you've got yeah. a car you're just doing the same run all the time in a different place yeah 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 exactly until i get bored of it they can do the same <laughs> so run. amy yeah they can do the same run in another place yeah i like my routines i like my, my places i like to get to know but i don't like new things it takes me a long time to adjust <laughs> anyway what have you been up to uh, not particularly long runs, considering I've got an ultra coming up. Um, but I did do what I think is a super smart idea, and I don't—I haven't really heard of other people doing this. Now, obviously, I've got this twenty-four uh, hour race coming up, and so what I thought I'd do, which we did a little while ago as well, I went for a twenty-mile walk at night around Cardiff, okay. and I think it does make sense. So it, we did twenty miles in about six hours. Uh, we started about five o'clock. This is me and Nina who I'm doing the ultra with. I started about five o'clock, finished just after or just before 11. Uh, we And we kind of did it, we treated it like we would in the race. So we brought food on the way. I didn't really have much with me. I hadn't had dinner. So I basically stopped at Tesco Express, bought a pasty and some naked bars um, and ate those as we walked. We used our head torches. We kind of did a little bit of navigation. We did have to kind of go a different way at one point we got to a railway crossing which i thought was okay and it was closed and so we had to take like a 2k detour to get to the next bridge what i learned later on is there's they've built a new bridge next to that crossing and that's just open and i didn't know that oh so you didn't even need to take the detour no it didn't need to no it's because they're electrifying the line that line so they're closing off just like the pedestrian crossings which is Mm -hmm. fair enough and they've built this fucking massive bridge over it. And I looked, I just thought it was like a construction thing. So I thought that's something they've built for whatever. But no, so we just took this massive detour for a half an hour, uh, which was unnecessary. But, you know, good bit of practice, bit of map reading, eating on while we're eating, while we're walking, uh, doing all that stuff. And actually just getting used to just walking pretty solidly for like six hours, which was a bit tough, actually. I got, we both said like backs of our knees were quite sore. I think that's like the extension from walking that you don't really do when you run. And also Nina's kind of lower back was quite sore. But I think that's just because we we're walking quite quick. And I think when you walk quickly, you lean forward. So obviously like your hips push out. And so you kind of put in a lot on your lower back. So we we're kind of towards the end making sure we were standing up straight and actually on the race it should be okay because we'll do a bit more running because at the end we had like a little jog at the end and as soon as she did that she was like oh back's fine now because that Mm. keeps you more upright so that's kind of a useful lesson of just walking that hard for the whole time is not going to work because it's going to hurt but i think that was a very Mm. smart piece of training and it's much easier than running piece of piss walking is an absolute piece of piss people that do these like walking challenges and things no respect for them anymore easy so easy I find walking quite hard for the reasons you said. Like my back always hurts when I walk. I uh, mm. uh, my feet always really hurt. I'm 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 sure we probably use slightly different muscle. Well, I know we use slightly different muscles and stuff, and different pressure points activated in our mm. feet when we walk to quite when we run. So Frey always laughs at me. He's like, "Oh, you do all this running, but you can't walk for more than an hour." I'm like, "No," because it's I'm sure it's using your body in a different way, and it really makes me ache. Yeah, sometimes I've had, I remember once, like five years ago, I had an injury, like hamstring in my bum, probably similar when we started doing this podcast. And it was, I couldn't walk, but I could run. So there was this like trail, long trail race I was doing and we were going up these steep hills. Everyone is walking because it's the smart thing to do. But I was running at the same pace that they was walking. And I, I imagine people looking at me thinking, what is this dickhead doing? But I'm like, <laughs> I have to do this because I can't walk because yeah. it's stretching a muscle too badly. And I, if I run, it's fine, but I can't walk because you extend back a lot more. So yeah, um, that does happen. But yeah, it was really, really useful um, to do. So because frankly, we're going to be walking most of this race. So mm-hmm. I thought that was smart. Even I, but like my running for this week, I think it's going to be eighteen k, which is not ideal. Perhaps two weeks before a the twenty four hour race. Oh well, uh, tapering is probably it's the best t- tapering. Sure, got to be fresh and ready. So let's talk about this race. It is, of course, the Escape from Meriden. We have gone on about it for more than a year. It is now less than two weeks away. 
And I've been preparing, not as you might expect, by running consistently long distances, but by making lists and maps. Oh, this is a good race for prep. This is my kind of race prep. Uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing Gabby and who she described as her running husband at the start. Um, I said that Nina wasn't quite my running wife. She's more like my running escort because I just call her when I get a bit lonely. Like if I need a bit of companionship, if I get a bit sad and lonely on my own, oh, I just get her in because she'll, she'll keep me company. It's just companionship. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. She knows what she's getting into. <laughs> so we're starting in Meriden, which is between Birmingham and Coventry. We're heading roughly southwest, aiming to hit the 60-mile line, because you have to run as far away as possible, and your distance is measured in a straight line. So there's a 60-mile circle. We're aiming for that. But that means we need to run about 69 miles, or 111 kilometers. Uh, of course, the worst thing about it is that we start at midnight. We run through the night, and I've looked up. Sunrise will be about half past seven. We go all day. Sunsets at about 4.15, dark by 6, and then we carry on until midnight. So in terms of your, are you, are you just going to, if you hit the 69 miles before the end of the race, are you going to stop or are you going to try and carry on just to be sure? And and the other question I'll add to add on to that, does your tracker mm-hmm. tell you how far away you are as the crow flies or is it literally just like a little black box? It doesn't tell you anything. Oh, uh, for the for, well, the second one, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that. I think they kind of rely on you to do your own map and admin to determine if you've stopped at the right place. Because you'd hate to finish at like 59.5 yeah, miles accidentally, or so. Yeah, accidentally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. looking at the results from last year, like a shitload of people finished at like 60.1 miles. So mm. perhaps, I don't know if they just paid attention properly or, yeah, perhaps it does tell you. I'm not sure. Second part of that, well, we've got like a few goals to aim for here. Uh, so the first goal is to hit 48 miles or 77 kilometers, because that was the distance we did in the Green Man Ultra. So we want to beat that and go further, because that would be a distance PB for both of us. Goal two, 100k, just because it's a nice round number. And then goal three, as I said, 111 kilometers or 69 miles. That will get us across the 60 mile line. Anything after that is kind of a pointless bonus. Like if we get to 69 miles and it's 10 o'clock and we feel okay, then, you know, if we can keep walking, if we can do another two miles or something, then yeah, why not? It might boost us a little bit up the results board. Um, it, it just is so much there's so many variables because we've been trying to figure out right when do we get picked up who's going to pick us up and that kind of thing and Holly keeps saying like so what's the plan what's the thing what is like well I don't really know because either of us could get her and drop out at any point during the day we don't know where we're going to be at that point and then the other one's got to carry on so like if one pulls out and the other carries on well is have you got someone to pick them up at that point because the person we were going to have picking us up in the evening has got himself into the south wales team for cross country um oh. so that's really good we're really really pleased that he's gone there but he, the, that's up in newtown in mid wales mm. which means he won't get back home to like seven o'clock and then he probably doesn't want to come and pick us up after driving for five hours so yeah, it's, it's tricky because when, when it's that sort of self-supported thing because obviously if you're in an ultra a regular ultra and you had to drop out um you'd either you'd probably call and they'd get somebody at the aid station to come pick you up or you'd make your way to the aid station drop out at that point and i guess the other thing as well from doing the bloody the edam if if you become unwell you'll want to be picked up asap do you know what i mean you won't want to be sitting around too long but you probably will have to end up sitting around for a bit for someone to come get you so that's the other thing as well yeah, so it's, yeah, we don't quite know what's going to happen there because, yeah, one of us could get injured at, you know, six in the morning and the other mm. one's got to carry on all day. So we're like, all oh, right, so bring headphones. I mean, we're taking headphones because we might get bored of each other anyway, probably will at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and if you're, if you start, if we start doing it solo, then you're going to need something to do. Mm. So it's, yeah, there's a lot to think about there and it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of variables. And frankly, it could piss it the whole day. Yeah, that's the other thing. That That's the, the other thing to consider if you like soaking wet are you gonna have people coming and bringing you a change of clothes or are you just gonna not really maybe one yeah, yeah maybe yeah. maybe one but you know whether we find anywhere we might not have anywhere to get changed don't know it's just being cold isn't it that's the only thing with the, the wet yes. getting cold yeah that could be that could be tricky so to hit that 60 mile line i figured out we need to maintain 4.6 kilometers an hour or 2.9 miles an hour which kind of doesn't sound too bad does it that sounds like a standard walking pace i think mm-hmm. and like how hard is walking not very hard at all it's fine um so the route we're taking from meriden 
Uh, it's basically, uh, we go through Solihull, uh, Droitwich Spa. I don't know anything about any of these places. Uh, we get to Worcester at about nine o'clock. And I have looked. We are very close to Worcester Parkrun or Wor- Worcester Pitchcroft Parkrun. Can't remember which. At about 9 a.m. But <laughs> Nina has already said we are not stopping to do that. Oh, spoil, which is spoil. a bit of a shame. <laughs> I, I, obviously, I would regret it massively. But it would kind of be funny mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Um, we then carry on through Worcester, through Malvern, Ledbury, hopefully ross on Wye, and towards Monmouth. So it's just like near Monmouth is where we're going to aim to finish. Mm. Um, so like if anyone listening lives anywhere in that vicinity, and if you want to come and say hello, you can stalk me on the tracker. This is like a fantastic dot watching um, mm. race. You can watch everyone's trackers and watch as they spread out across uh, England. It's really, really good. Uh, so if you, if you want to stalk me and you want to come along and say hello, please do. Uh, just note, we will absolutely not slow down, stop, wait, or divert in any way to suit you, you will have to come and accommodate us. If we're walking on the side of a road and we can't chat, well, that's just tough. Uh, but if anyone is in that area uh, along that line want to come and say hello, yeah, why not? Come and walk with us for a bit. Why not? That'd be nice. Uh, speaking of all the planning I've been doing, I've got a nice big list of like shops and toilets and cafes. And not only their opening times, but also their closing times. Because again, mm. running all day, stuff is going to start closing in the evening. So we're going to have to carry food for the first night section before we get somewhere with a cafe or, or a shop. I think we go through Solihull really early in the morning. There probably won't be anything open there. So I think like Droitwich Spa is going to be our first opportunity to buy anything just after 40k. So obviously we need to sustain ourselves for that first period. And I don't really know what I'm going to do there. So we're going to try and run that. Obviously, that's the point when we're fresh. Mm. Hopefully we can. And it'll probably be cold at night as well out in the countryside. So running that bit slowly makes a bit more sense but as i've discovered well another test from my uh, walk last night was once my bag is filled up with all the kit that i need there's not really much room left in my bag for other stuff so i might have to be a little bit creative about what i carry and how and I mean, what kind of food i've got what what night do you head out is it a friday or a saturday night you head out on it's weekend it's though. yeah it, well it's midnight i guess you call that saturday morning yeah. So it's all of Saturday. So okay. Solihull, I don't know whether there's much nightlife there. They might have like I kebab hope not, shops cause... open or something I know, like that. come on. <laughs> not for a kebab, but you could go in and be like, can I please just have some bread? Get some chips <laughs> or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, possibly. That is actually, this, it's a little early on the route, I think, for that. I don't think we'll be fast. I think we'll be happy just to run past that. So it's like the outskirts of Bromsgrove we go through. There might be something there. Yeah, we're really the hoping there isn't too much uh... nightlife. The other places check is um, petrol stations. If any of those are open till late or early in the yeah, morning, yeah, I think there might be some on the way. Mm. Again, it's quite hard to tell, and if whether they've got toilets and stuff, because that was actually that was actually a really uh, useful thing I learned last night from just walking for so long. Is that if you're walking, especially because it's a bit cold, I actually needed to pee loads more than usual. Yeah, yeah. Like when you run, even when you don't perhaps notice it too much, you sweat loads, which uses a lot of your water. So, yeah, like last night, I needed to pee loads. And I wasn't, I don't think I was drinking that much. So that's kind of something to think about. But at least in the morning on country lanes and things, I just go to bush. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not too bothered about that. Uh, it's just after finding somewhere to have a poo, obviously that's That that's is a big always deal. the concern. Yeah, Haven't got the poo trial, but um, no. and you don't want to, you don't want to be in that situation when you've got so far to go. There's a lot of variables yeah. there. You want to have a proper toilet. Yeah, I will be taking uh, some tissues, perhaps even perhaps even some poo bags. You know, they might be useful. They might come in useful for another purpose. I don't know. But they seem like a, seem like a useful thing to have with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, once we get past Worcester, which is like 50k, hopefully like breakfast time, there's basically a town every like 10 or 12k, which is kind of nice. That's maybe two, two and a half, three hours between each one. So that's kind of a good amount of time. So I don't have to buy a shitload at once. I can just buy a bit, walk, eat, buy some more in the next one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also bought some backlights. Uh, I've got two head torches, I've got a big old battery pack for that just in case as well. And I've also just bought some little plastic bags to carry around energy powder because I want to, I can only carry two bottles, but I want to have energy powder throughout the day because I quite like that. If I'm going to drink, I might as well have like 300 calories with it. So I needed to carry that with me. But I thought, right, so I've got some little bags. I can put those in, buy a bottle of water, top that up. So it, that should look really good if we do get pulled over by the police, which a few Meriden escapees do every year. There's a couple that post on Facebook saying, hey, we got caught, uh, you know, we got pulled over by the police for being suspicious. Um, but Nina was saying last night, yeah, if she's got like a little bag of like paracetamol, 
I've got a little bag of powder. That should look really good. I mean, dressed yeah. in the running gear and head torches is, is probably not quite as suspicious, but it's funny at least. <laughs> we are expecting the weather to absolutely piss it for 24 hours. Anything that isn't rain is a bonus, frankly. Mm. Uh, but things I haven't had the chance to test the trench foot cream yet. So that might have to be a, I was going to say dry run, but that's not strictly kind of correct, is it? Um, but I, I do need, hopefully at some point, uh, it's going to rain in the next few weeks. I'm saying hopefully it rains in the next few weeks so I can go out for two hours in it and get my feet wet. That's kind of my aim. I think actually, yeah, if that happens, I'll wear like my shittiest trainers, which have got massive holes in, and actually intentionally get my feet really wet to see mm. if that works or see how well it works. And if I need to, yeah, do I need to carry a trench foot cream with me to reapply? Don't really know. So, oh God, there's so much to think about with this. <laughs> It really is. And you're so glad you're not doing it, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I, I couldn't have done it. I don't think I would have been able to run it at all. Um, but also, I feel like I just get utterly lost because I don't I'm, don't have the headspace to do this sort of planning. <laughs> yeah. I've also checked on our route uh, is the HS2 line. So oh. the, 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 I don't think the road is closed, but, you know, that might be exciting to find out. And there's also one section where they're basically rebuilding a massive junction for a dual carriageway. Oh and again, I don't think the road is closed, but it perhaps it might be on the day. We'll don't see. Know. Yeah, a bit of fun. There's so much. There's so much. So <laughs> perhaps I'll, I'll give this story again uh, for the next episode, but in a bit more, this had happened rather than this might happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'll just go through this. I'll just keep these notes and go through it again. Mm-hmm. Say what happened, what I didn't. <laughs> looking forward to it i think it's going to be some good content like there's so much that can go wrong there is so much that can go wrong i'll try and record some audio but i feel like it'll be i'll do like two beforehand one at about two hours in and then again at like midday and i'll be like i'm tired um bye and that'll be it i think that's all i'll be able to manage but i'll do my best and see if i can record something Mm -hmm. just to see how miserable i actually am now, if you want to carry on supporting all this kind of bullshit content, you can support the podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donate money every month. In return, we'll sing your name with little or no forethought or practice, which sounds like this. Derry, Ruth, KP, Jay Howes, Catherine Fenton, Sherry Grubbs, Elizabeth Shaban, Kat, Abigail Hardman, Raymond Quinn, Martin Catherine, Ian Thompson, Anthony Howe, Matt Lease, Alice Newstead, Julia Page, Daniel Braun, Sophie Jacks, Madge Zowski, Lisa Gibbon, and H. Nikki Jones, Karen Hamilton, Matt Caffin. Sophie Nichols Sandra Hines Paul Hibbert Gail Seal Rich Skyme Andy Robbins Graham Hackland Adam Atkinson Tom Alcott Bernadette McCarthy Gregory C. Jerry Kinnison Nikki Chenders Carl Fleming Steve Robson Victoria Dick Lee Wood Len Martin Matt Burroughs Claire Davis Karen Blake Neil Denton Victoria Magnus Matt Newbury Nobs Olsen Vicky Robbins Daniel Charlie Neverson, Matt Jones, Jonathan Carter, Aaron Trill, Matt Garner. Thomas Nia, Tony House, Jewel Running, Matt A, Gordy Bellwell, Shambolic Adel, Claire Dina, Liz Reese, James Lampert, David Tittle, Jason Spinks, Dawn Shepherd, David Irwin, Stuart Stevens, Clark Gilmore, Kel Ryan.
AP Rachel Bentley, Ivor Hewitt, Amanda Murray Hind, and Penny Simpson, Violet Grep, Martin Jelsey, Adam Baker, Andy Nichols, Debbie Hurley, Rachel Bullmore, Elliot Line, Francis Howe, Maria Wicks, Kath Everett, Ian Hale, Jay, Brian Simpson, Larry Warren, Angela Foster, Swales, Kyra Evans, Evans, Evans. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Running Is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Uh, we're a little bit light on comms recently, so please keep it coming so we can keep up this pretense. I'll have a bit to chat about next time, of course, mm. but we need to keep getting your bullshit in so we can complain about things. Uh, Nicola, uh, one that we did have was Nicola Forward. She pointed out that it was odd we talked about the best running smells and not the worst, which, to be fair, would be more our thing. That, I didn't really think about that. Um, but I just, I thought about it. It's just going to be like dog shit or farms or traffic fumes mm. or something. Yeah. So if there are any particularly exotic running smells that you don't like, um, yeah. I, I just feel like a bad running smell is it's just a normal bad running smell. I think that I thought there was something in particular about a smell that you like while you're running. Mm. Running's pretty but, stinky anyway, so... Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, to be fair, actually, yeah, when you're in the race, we're in the beginning of a race and you can, like, smell someone who's put their, like, running vest on and they've never washed it. Oh, and it's And yeah. it's stale. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I usually a pretty bad one. like I usually either have a shower the night before a race or even the morning before because I am aware I am going to be running around other people as well. Like yeah. obviously if I'm running on my own somewhere, I'll just roll out of bed, stinky, whatever, and do it. But if I'm gonna be around other people <laughs> that's the yeah. other thing. Like wash yourself too before a race, even if it's just the night before. Just for the wash sake your bags. Yeah. Wash yeah. your bags, watch your wash your equipment. I think people forget yeah. about that. Also in those summer races where you know, those horrible city races where the guy on the PA is like, everyone put your hands in the air. And it's like, oh no, put your arms no, back down. No. There's just like all that thousands of armpits suddenly get revealed and like, oh no, no, don't need that. Thanks. <laughs> oh, nasty. Yes. Andy Robbins has also been in touch and says, hello, I'm normally more of a listener and supporter than a contributor, but this shoe bullshit was just too bullshitty not to share. Um, and we have, this is a piece of marketing bullshit again. And it's from On. It's the all-new Cloud Eclipse. Whatever the fuck that means, Cloud Eclipse. And it's noise-cancelling for your feet. Uh. What? So, they on describes the shoe as follows. Mute the noise and enter into a world of moving meditation. With the all-new Cloud Eclipse on your feet, it's just you and your next step. Glide above the ground with our thick... <laughs> Glide above. <laughs> oh, I here. Glide above the ground with our thickest midsole yet. Land easy on a pillow of cloud tech phase. That is uh, that is a registered trademark there. Um, cushioning, cloud tech phase cushioning. Think noise cancelling, but for your feet. Fucking hell. The fuck? You know what? And also there's a picture of these shoes here. They remind me of those platform shoes that were really popular in the 90s. Yeah. Like I looked, I checked. The, the heel is four centimetres high. Mate, I would that fall over. I would fall over in those. I feel like they're a trip hazard because as you're lifting your foot up, you don't expect to have that much sole. I feel like yeah. I'd be clipping my feet on the pavement, like curbs and stuff all the time. Like this is like Spice Girls. This yeah. is if the Spice Girls were runners back in the nineties. This is what they'd be in four centimeters. That's huge. And like if you've got small feet, that's that's really high up. That's Plus, a little. Just, oh. I don't feel like that's a good thing to run in. I just don't. Now I, I get it. I'm I'm not a minimalist runner. I feel like if you're running on tarmac, a bit of cushioning is good. Even like a fair bit of cushioning is good. But that is too much. I it's don't too much, too much. I feel like there's not your foot is not going to land in a natural way with that much cushioning. I just don't. I, I don't understand it. Like we we did de- we design all this like stuff around barefoot running. 
you know, barefoot on nice soft trails. So when we run on tarmac, it's nice to have a shoe that sort of replicates that idea of it being fairly soft, but not that fucking soft. Yeah, and well, and our thickest midsole yet. I mean, they could have oh could have plans for even more thickness. You'll go to your local race, and there's like nine foot fucking runners all around you because they've got these stupid clown shoes on. Like, what is going on? What is going on? Also, noise cancelling for your feet. Why? Unless you're some sort of crazy stalker that's planning on running through the woods and strangling people and don't want to be heard. You don't need to noise cancel your feet. In fact, I don't want you noise cancelling your feet. I want to hear somebody approaching. I don't want people approaching in silence. What? Who are they marketing this towards? Uh, like, but noise cancelling, what? Is it get, getting rid of background noise? As you run along, it, it, it's blocking out traffic noise and things like that. Oh. That's impressive. So you can meditate. But surely, like, better for meditation oh, over is a rhythm, like a, a, a rhythm. That's why... You know, there's, there's chanting and stuff in meditation. Sort of focus on a sound and a rhythm. You don't need absolute silence. And sometimes it's harder to meditate with absolute silence. So just the, even that the whole thing doesn't work. The metaphor, the concept, whatever, doesn't actually make sense. It's just going for a run, chill out, Jesus. Oh, God. It's a, it's a ugly shoe. I'm sorry if you if you already own it or you're into it, but it's a, it's a fucking ugly shoe. And can you imagine? There's like holes in the sole. Can you imagine all the dirt that's going stuff that's gonna get stuck in there? Oh yeah, that's the gravel. true. Yeah. Like you're gonna be picking up everything. Your feet will weigh about a stone each by the end of your run. Yeah, there are like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like nine holes all the way through the sole, through the from side to side. It's mm. gonna get full of gravel. Keep your snacks in there though, maybe for when you're oh, that's right, yeah. doing your long runs. Uh, we also asked our listeners to give some advice on how to approach a 24-hour race just to make it a bit more about myself um, and we're glad that most people just wanted to talk about food and were also very surprised most of the advice was actually very good which is a little bit strange uh, of course people were suggesting flapjacks because I've gone about them quite a lot but there were some other exciting suggestions in there now Helen Patricia and Rowena Key both suggested peanut butter in toasted sandwiches or bagels that's their yep, standard mm-hmm. solid choice there I think mm-hmm. yep definitely I, I am thinking of moving over to the sandwich side because my ultras that I did this year it was just too many sweets and by the end of it I was like okay I need something a bit more like savoury so I started packing more salty stuff but then it, it's not filling enough so I am thinking next time Having a cheeky sandwich, peanut butter and jam would be amazing. Um, Come to the sandwich side. Yes, the sandwich side. But but Karen Hamilton says, some of my trail friends swear by tiny potatoes, boiled whole, rolled in salt and butter, and then let them cool. I haven't tried it yet, but I like the idea. Yes, absolutely. So I mentioned before when I was doing the the Pegasus Ultras, um, at some of the checkpoints, they have uh, salted potatoes. These are bought by... They're brought along by volunteers, so you sort of mm. have to, as long as like the the really nice volunteers, <laughs> that's a horrible thing to, to cut out. Um, as long as the, the the best volunteers are there that cook, uh, spend their their evening cooking nice little potatoes are there at that particular yeah. race, then you get your tiny boiled potatoes. They are amazing, and I'll like I'll often listen at the beginning of the race around me like can i hear anyone talking about potatoes are the potatoes here sometimes i'll ask a volunteer i'll say are there going to be potatoes on the checkpoints and then i'll look forward to that checkpoint the whole way around oh that's good yeah i do want to try it but again i've not had time because when this came in i thought yes that's a good idea but i didn't have quite have time to do it i think instead of boiled i think i would go roasted potatoes yeah these are the ones i've had at races they're sort of a mix between boiled and roasted they're sort of Mm -hmm. they are crispy on the outside but not like super super crispy i feel like if i was carrying it around in my bag it would be shit um it's better from an from a like an aid station but yeah yeah, yeah. and it's quite heavy but you do get a lot of carbs a lot of calories and salt oh, so, so good, i think yeah. it would be worth it but yeah perhaps i'll have time to try it but if not maybe one for next year mm-hmm. natalie carr makes a really bullshit trail mix of mixed nuts jelly babies and chocolate with extra salt jelly now i saw this and i thought it was quite a good idea and i went in my cupboard to had a look what i had and I, I did this actually last night for my long walk. I took, I had walnuts, sultanas and dark chocolate with some salt. And it was really, really good. I just need to figure out how to stick the salt to everything else. Because mm. everything I ate didn't have any salt on. Then I just got like a handful of salt at the end to finish. Um, mm. But that was really, really nice. I really enjoyed that actually. But yeah, jelly, but I don't know, mixed nuts, jelly babies and chocolate. It does kind of work in a strange way. Mm, yeah, the jelly babies are throwing me off a bit. I feel, I feel like jelly beans might be a bit better. I feel like the babies oh, are too chewy. Quite- Mm, I don't know. 
Uh, Gabby Nia says marzipan is one powerhouse of a snack. Mm, I mean, in terms of pure calories. Mm. Yeah, I do like marzipan, but I think just eating a mouthful of it might be a bit much. But in in terms of pure calories for weight, that's probably a very strong one. Uh, Amy Oliphant says I've never managed more than seven hours but use the time to eat all the stuff she she lists here Mars bars, those blueberry stoat bars mini flapjack bites, Henry Hippo Snickers, full fat coke, salt and vinegar squares, chocolate coated raisins, mini pork pies jelly babies, in seven hours Amy (laughs) mate that's more than I'm going to eat in 24 that is a good effort. That is strong. Maybe that's why you've only managed seven hours. You're like, Perhaps, yeah. need a nap. <laughs> From that, what I really like, salt and vinegar squares. Yes, they're amazing. They are fantastic crisps. And chocolate coated raisins sound like they go down really easy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy says, I tried half a lager at mile 20 once, but it really set me back. <laughs> I worked hard on being able to run on a full stomach, setting off for club trading straight after a roast dinner, that kind of thing. Good luck. Now, again, I'm glad that she said that because that's something that I definitely did in my first round of ultra training was like running, stopping for lunch and then carry on running again. So I'm glad other people do that. That's good training. Um, she did follow up later on just to say Greg's, which Greg's. it may, as it turns out, will probably be what we go for because it's nice warm food and you can take away. And we, I think if we can keep walking and eat, that's ideal. I don't really want to sit down and have a meal if no. possible. Once you sit down, it's game over. Yeah. Jamie Bowen says, take some chewing gum. <laughs> it's amazing what a fresh mouth can do for the mind. I think this is very clever. Because yeah. do you remember um, Gary House says his ultra tip was to brush his teeth. Like in the middle of a race, he'd have a toothbrush and toothpaste on him, brush his teeth, like reset his mouth, and then he'd want to eat again. So I mm. think this is quite a good idea. So yeah, maybe chewing gum, maybe some mint, something like that. I think I'm going to pot some of those in my bag as well. Because yeah, after you just like drinking you know, energy drink for ages or drink, eating a sandwich. Yeah, just to reset a bit and uh, mm-hmm. start again. I like that. That's the smart one. Definitely. It's the bullshit, it's the bullshit, it's the bullshit, running, running, running news. The women's 20 kilometer race walk course at the Pan American Games was found to be several kilometers short after a world record had been set, perhaps unsurprisingly. <laughs> the results were subsequently annulled after Peru's world champion, Kimberly Garcia, one in one hour, 12 minutes, 26 seconds in Santiago. Um, now, you may not know what the 20K world record is uh, for race walking, but uh, the, the former world record was 123 by China's Jiayu Yang. And uh, she broke that record by 11 minutes because the course was kilometers short. How do you make a course? Like, I understand marathons being a few hundred meters short. People get angry about it, but... The Pan American Games, 20K, and it's wrong by a couple of kilometres. That's mad. And surely the people walking it would realise as they were doing it. Like, surely you... Maybe yeah, they're just so I'm, in the moment or whatever. That they, the no, they would definitely know, because they probably wear watches as well. They would probably know once they cross the line, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? They'd have been furious. But also on this, that means they miss out on Olympic ranking points. And, you know, uh, so with that, you know, with that Olympic cycle, that's another, now they have to do another race, even though they probably would have got the standard here. They now have to do another race to try and get that Olympic standard. You'd be really pissed off, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. So pissed off. Um, We've got a bit of a, this week's non-story. And it's nothing, nothing against this guy. It's more about how this has been reported, which just, uh, just makes me laugh. Um, so it's about a man with no running experience who completes an ultra marathon. Wow. No running experience. Um, so the article says that in just a matter of months, James Gleave went from being an amateur running to completing an ultra marathon. Because as you know, you get paid to do ultra marathons. That yeah. makes you a professional runner. Yeah. Yeah. And no one could possibly do an ultra marathon unless you were sort of, you know, wow. he was just, he was just an amateur. Can you believe it? Just an amateur. <laughs> He had barely run 10K just over a year ago. Well. (laughs) (laughs) But he managed to complete an eight-hour challenge, which saw him run as many five-kilometer loops as possible before the time ran out. So just a looped looped course. Uh, Like I said, no no disrespect to him because he was raising money for charity and he raised a lot of money for charity um, for Bowel Cancer UK in honor of his uncle who passed away um, from bowel cancer. And, you know, he raised a lot of money 
for that but so fair yeah. play to him it's just the way this story's written like he could barely run 10 kilometers over a year ago and now he's running oh. ultra it's like over yeah, a year ago you can anyone can i i cannot he, i can literally not run for a year and then complete an ultra it was fucking awful and there's nothing about my athletic prowess it's just um it's just you just keep going don't you, you just don't stop and it does say it says he had barely run over 10k a year ago, but in the same article it says 15 months ago he ran a marathon and two half marathons in a desert. Yeah. Like, that's some running experience. And if he went from not running an ultra a year ago, a year is a long time to train. Yeah. I mean, but, but that's, also, that's fine. If I did that sort of training and then they wrote an article about me and said, oh, they, they were shit, and then they just ran an ultra, I'd be like, hold on, I did a load of training for this. <laughs> I, re- you know, yeah. I reckon like 90% of people could run an ultra with oh. a year of training. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and it's, but the fact is like, oh, he used to have no running experience. Well, all of us used to have no running experience because at mm. some point we were babies and didn't run at all. Yeah. So like, it's just, oh, bless this. The Warrington Guardian. You know what? It's it, Again, it's normal people. Normal yeah, people yeah. don't understand running. No. They've got this story about, oh, this guy's raised a lot of money for charity. That's probably the angle they should have gone for was the fact he's raised all this money and it's great. But instead they've gone, whoa, you're just a man with no running experience and you run an ultra marathon. Yeah. Normal people don't get it. Bless the thing them. is, like, part of when you're raising money for charity doing these things you're usually promoting that that through your training and it's not just about the race itself it's all the training you've had to to dedicate yeah. to, to doing there needs to be another race. angle there doesn't it because everyone yeah. raises money for charity not to diminish it but there needs to be for a story there needs to be another angle yeah. about why that's kind of interesting more than anyone else yeah yeah i feel like they've done him a bit of a disservice there like he's putting the time to run his ultra it's not just like he just rocked up like they make it sound <laughs> you know <laughs> uh that is what you did for you oh also, we've had the Runners World Running Survey of 2023, which I'm sure as soon as that the results were released, everyone rushed to their computers to see the latest running statistics. No, no one gives a shit. Um, but there was one interesting thing, which was Runners' biggest pet peeve. Uh, so the first one was running too close. So when other runners run too close with 80%, which, yeah, which, you know, is why we can't have noise-cancelling shoes. That's going to be even worse if somebody's running really fucking close to you and you can't even hear them approaching to give them space. Like, come on. Especially with the second and third ones. Yes. The other one's blowing snot rockets and thirdly is spitting as well. Bodily like 70, fluids. 78% of people went for blowing snot rockets. I can't remember the last time we saw a snot rocket. No, since COVID, they've they're not really that common there was a guy i was actually driving and i saw a guy running and he was like constantly spitting which was kind of gross um but yeah yeah um and then 38 percent said not waving i mean you could probably look at that on a map of the country and see the areas where they said not waving was really pissing them off to you know there'd be very much a north south divide there i think yeah i'm sure in london there was actually a bit more of a peeve of people waving yeah and saying hello like northerners people keep saying hello to me god bloody northerners saying hey up doc you're all right um and 38 percent said heavy breathing as well don't judge are you talking about other people heavy breathing? I, I feel that's here? a little harsh. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's a reflection a bit of like their fitness and their effort level. I mean, some people are pretty extreme and go a bit. Yeah, they they I, yeah. I, I'm going with this 38 percent now, and like some people are too much. But generally, that's not. I, I can't know. help it. Like people can help running help too it. close. People can help not spitting everywhere and blowing snot out. But they can't help it if they have to breathe a bit heavy. You don't know their story. Yeah. It's like when they when they come to the end of like you get to the end of a park ride and you can hear that and it's nearly always a man behind you going ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah i would that, say that's like a that's a bit slow your pace down if you're having to do that but yeah <laughs> so okay. thank you run as well for giving us a little bit of negativity amongst all the other very very bland questions um and finally this is just like a little aside from me I, I don't know how i feel about this newport marathon has announced a half marathon as part of the day. So they already do a marathon and a 10K on the same day, and they're going to throw in a half marathon as well. Now, it's going to be very flat. It's a very kind of fast course. I don't think it's particularly interesting, but it's very flat. And they've got a big promotional budget behind this as well, because it's part it's part of Run for Wales, which is like a big race company, which is half owned by the London Marathon Group. So, you know, a lot of money, a lot of contacts, a lot of promotional stuff there. But the thing is, Newport already has had a half marathon for 10 years. And that race is run by a local charity and it gets about 1,500 runners a year. So it's not huge, but it's been there a long time. It's a very well-established race. 
this new event is just six weeks after the current one. And that just seems a bit shitty to me. Like, if you're going to do another half, do it in, like, you know, autumn, spring. Do it six months apart. But to do it six weeks after, I feel like people are going to skip the old one and go for the new one because it uh, because it is a faster course as well. Mm-hmm. I just think that's just a bit shitty. Yeah. 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 Again, it's, it's really interesting, like, the the dynamics between these sort of big capitalist organization corporate organizations and then the smaller smaller races and they you know it's sort of they the bigger races have become these big conglomerates you know that are half owned mm. by the london marathon people things like that and they just sort of take over and we're seeing that more generally a lot in the in the running world aren't we as running becomes more mm. popular and more commercialized so yeah it's kind of, yeah, i think it's she <laughs> Yeah, there was a really big story as well. We didn't go into this week because it's just kind of a bit too complicated. Uh, but if you just look up about UTMB and Whistler, uh, yeah. that's a really big one. And basically, uh, UTMB has become this massive organization and has tried to buy races from this guy before, but he didn't want to. So what they've done is basically bought his weekend at the resort. He does like this one particular race and he's done it there for years and years and years. So he's gone to the resort. He's basically bought the rights to use that weekend and this other race has just been kicked out and they're going to put on basically the same race on the same weekend, but with a different company with UTMB's branding on it. Um, so UTMB are getting a bit big for their boots these days as well, which is mm-hmm. a bit shit. Yeah. Whew. Anyway, what have you got coming up next, Stuart? Other than Meriden, of course. Yeah, well, that's in two weeks. So I've got the perfect preparation for that, which is a cross-country race, which I'm going to try so hard to not race. I just want to go there. I just want to jog around, get a couple of points for the club, and then you know cheer on everyone else. But I will, I, I must not race it. I must not race it. Uh, there is a log jump in this one as well, so it's a good cross country course. I just need to make sure I don't fall over and I do not race. Not race. Can't do it. How about you? Not much really. Just determined not to race as well. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, just generally. Just trying to go and build in more elevation and stuff into my runs as well. Now I can actually escape my... Hashtag building up my elevation. Yes, yes. Hashtag building the elevation. Now I can actually go places that have bits of hills rather than just being stuck in flat Cardiff. So, yeah, that's it really. That's all. okay. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com. See the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Get ready to escape. Ah. What a shit story.